So I have a question. How do you get to work or university? Car, bus, train, bike, walk? Do you spend this time listening to the same song on repeat or flipping between radio channels avoiding ads? Maybe you're listening to this very podcast on your daily commute. Well, if you spend a lot of time commuting and want to use that time for something productive, then you need to head over to audible.com to get a free audiobook. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word and audiobooks. They have over 180,000 audiobooks and offer a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook that you can download and keep forever. I listen to audiobooks all the time, especially when I'm cycling to uni in the lovely Dutch rain. So in sticking with the theme of today's show, I'm going to recommend a book called Cooked, A Natural History of Transformation by Michael Pollan, which documents Pollan's adventure in learning how to cook with the four elements, fire, water, air, and of course, earth. You can get Cooked or any other audiobook for free by heading to www.audibletrial.com selfie. Also remember that I'm going to, to donate all profits from hashtag selfie to firstly the Kivia Foundation, which works with families in poverty, and then to Parkinson's Australia. So when you go to www.audibletrial.com selfie, not only do you get a free audiobook, which is fantastic, everybody likes free stuff, but these two great organisations get some much needed support. So everyone wins. Nearly 30% of Year 6 children believe that yogurt grows on trees. Hey there, and welcome back to Hashtag Selfie, a podcast about hardworking, passionate and stereotype-shattering young people who are selflessly making a difference to their community, not just posting selfies to social media. I'm your host, Lizzie Richardson, and today on the show is Megan Hunslow from Australia. Megan volunteers with a program called the Youth Food Movement which aims to educate the Australian public about the food system in the hope to reduce food waste and therefore increase sustainability. Now, there are a lot of numbers out there regarding food security, but I think the latest estimate is that we will need a 50% increase in agricultural production by 2050 in order to feed the 9 billion people that will inhabit the planet. And to be honest, our current food system, both in developing and developed countries, is not sufficient to meet this growing demand. Now, there are a lot of ways to approach the problem of food security, but the work that Megan has been doing is an excellent example of how using local people and local knowledge is effective in making very small, but also still very important changes, which will hopefully have a knock-on effect and contribute to the wider problem of food security. So, I hope you enjoy. Tell me a little bit about yourself, like your background, your education, and what made you want to go into agriculture and sustainability? Yeah, sure thing. Um, Thanks for having me. So I I always find it interesting when people ask the question because I always like, it's kind of a journey. And I mean, isn't isn't everyone's kind of Mm. way into their career? It's a bit of a journey. So I had always been really interested in like... um, the, the environment and nature like in primary school I was literally called nature freak like that was my nickname <laughs> um and then I just kind of as I got like into high school and was you know more learning it kind of slowly 
became this thing of like, okay, well, let's look at sustainability. And then like, I'd always enjoy cooking and that kind of came in as well. It's like, well, okay, how, like, where does our food come from? And, oh, how do you grow food? Like, you know, what's, what's a potato plant look like? You know, I've never seen one before. And so really kind of delving into that kind of area of, okay, I really like food and I want to know more about food. And the more kind of I went into it, the more I kind of realized there is so much to learn and like, I'm still learning. So at the end of high school, I decided to, yeah, study um, sustainable agriculture and food security at Western Sydney University um, to really yeah, delve deeper into um, food and about yeah, how we produce food. But then looking at that whole kind of big picture of agriculture and of food, of um, how we produce our food, how that impacts the environment. But then looking right through in terms of how do we get the food to our plates, what's those kind of systems there, the sustainability of that, and then how we consume things, nutrition, and then right through to things like food waste and all these different like social issues that come with um, food and food security. So, um, yeah, it was a great course. I've just finished now. So I've just, um, well, about to graduate, which is really exciting. Exciting. Well um, done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's exciting but nervous at the same time because now I'm job hunting. True, true. So, yes. um, yeah, so that's kind of how I, I don't know, just journeyed into um, what I'm doing now. <laughs> so is the like agriculture and sustainability degree that you did, is that more science focused in the sense that you're doing like uh, food science where you're out in the fields and doing research on crops or is that more community focused where you're talking about systems and communities and supply chains and things like that or is it a bit of both yeah it's a really awesome course in that it's kind of a bit of everything um and it actually really stands out compared to a lot of like traditional agricultural courses and that it is very future focused and also very consumer focused which in reality reflects how our food system is today our food system is very consumer driven so like mm. what the consumers want is then what the farmers will grow rather yeah. than like how it was beforehand where it was kind of you know the farmers would grow it and you just get what you get um and so I've never thought about it in that way before yeah yeah because like before it would just be yeah you know you go to market and be whatever there but nowadays like you know with the whole superfood things it just Mm. suddenly you know people are like I want you know all these superfoods and so people find all these amazing superfoods and then the farmers start growing them and it's and it create an industry nearly out of nothing because that's what the consumers want so we learn about things like that um we learn about like the sustainability and very much like the future of agriculture. So like one of the main, like it was nearly like, I don't know, the, the quote of the course, <laughs> it would be in like in 2050, we're going to have 9 billion people. So 9 billion mouths to feed, to feed and how are we going to feed them? That was kind of like the big question that um, the course was really trying to equip us to then answer. Okay, so, you know, how are we going to feed them but be sustainable because we're going to have less resources. You've got things like climate change to deal with and all these other problems. Um, So, yeah, it was really interesting in that regard and that it was lots of kind of big, complex issues that you're tackling and kind of diving into. But it was great in that regard. So, yeah, very much more kind of systems approach to it um, and very new. So a lot of the times um, and they would say the reality of it is we're kind of preparing you for jobs and all the kind of different learning it's still not quite accepted mainstream Mm. and so like and that's what I'm discovering now as I'm job searching what I'm really interested in doing is kind of food education so this whole concept of reconnecting consumers with where their food comes from because nowadays a lot of you know city consumers in particular like 
Um, they don't know where their food comes from. They might not have ever visited a farm. And there's statistics out there, like in New South Wales, that it's like about nearly 30% of year six children believe that yogurt grows on trees. Wow. So <laughs> that, that, that's shocking. a bit worrying. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that was a couple of years back, that research, but still, like, you kind of don't think is it worse now. Like, it's, mm. but still, even that alone, like, that nearly 30% believe you know they think that yogurt grows on trees like it's there's, yeah so many things and it's just yeah reconnecting consumers is very much where I want to go but in terms of the jobs like there's not too many jobs in that area it's very much you know future jobs like it's growing but it's just starting um yeah. so it, it's a, yeah interesting interesting situation yeah yeah definitely so uh talking about education and reconnecting consumers I know that you've done a lot of work with the youth food movement. Yeah, so kind of youth food movement was, um, it was kind of started on that basis of it was just two curious young students actually that had just finished studying nutrition and they were like, we know so much about how like food works in the body, but we have no idea how it gets to our plates. Mm. And so then they were really trying to discover like, you know, more about the food system and um, really educate themselves. And then it was as well educating the people around them, but doing that in a way that is really just fun and engaging and very youthful mm. and so not not as well trying to be very prescriptive and very like doomsday because I, I don't know like a lot of the times when you like and I found this as well when I studied my course you know you look at kind of the future of food and um, things like food security and sustainable agriculture and it's it can be kind of like you know it's it's going to be pretty crap because we've got you know all these issues like climate change and yeah. Um, you know, depleting resources or polluted resources. So, like, it's going to be really hard. Um, and so often some of the information that's out there is like, you know, you should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing this. And it's very, I don't know, like, it's hard for people to, to you know, to change when someone is pointing the finger at them saying you're doing wrong, you've got to change. Mm. So the youth food movement, the way they approach this kind of education um, is, yeah, doing these really cool events that are supposed to be fun. They're a bit laid back. Like sometimes, you know, we help, we hold events in pubs. Like it's pretty casual. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, you can just go along, you can have a drink, and you can hear from a farmer and just about what he does, you know, mm. and talk with him. So meet the producer behind your food. Um, yeah. And it's just really that kind of just that reconnecting, that really kind of um, community uh, sense to it. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because, um, like a lot of studies have come out about things like poverty and when you tell people, this is how many people are in poverty or by 2050, we're going to have to produce 75% more food in order to feed everybody because the numbers are so high and it seems so unattainable, people just back off. And so yeah. but breaking it down into small pieces, um, that are tangible and that people can see is really, really important to create little grassroots change. So that's really mm. interesting with the youth movement movement. So do you want to tell me a bit more about what your role in that organization was and what you did? Yeah, yeah. So I've been involved with the Western Sydney chapter of the youth food movement for um, it'd be just over two years now, which is uh, quite incredible. Mm. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that long. Um, so yeah, the youth food movement has a number of chapters across Australia. So we've got, I think it's uh, six or seven chapters now. So it started in Sydney and then it's expanded to like Brisbane, Melbourne, Western Sydney. 
um, Launceston, and then recently Wollongong. So, yeah, that's six. Um, and so each chapter then runs different events. Um, and, um, yeah, so what I do as co-leader, I've got um, another co-leader with me, and we just kind of basically coordinate um, our volunteers. So it's a volunteer-based organisation. So we have volunteers that, you know, join up because they really, you know, they kind of, they like what YFM's doing. They're like, yeah, I want to, you know, help people get more connected with my, with their food and I also want to get more connected too. Um, and so, yeah, with our volunteer group, we then create different events um, and do those. And even just like um, being able to ourselves, we'll have like different internal like social events um, and like do different stuff together. Like some of the things our chapter's been doing of late um, is just having like, we call them cooklucks, mm-hmm. where we kind of, bring together all our daggy like bits of like fruit and veggie that might be about to go <laughs> off or it's been sitting in the back of our fridge like we don't know what to do with it yeah so we bring all those bits together and then we're like okay let's make a meal out of it so it's with like everyone's bits box, and pieces it's like a master chef mystery box challenge oh yeah it extreme. is and it's really fun because <laughs> yeah you'll, you'll get really creative and it's and it's really cool to see people like you know, think of different ways to kind of use things up. And so, you know, you're kind of peer-to-peer learning mm. and you're learning new skills because, you know, th- those there might be some people that, you know, love cooking and can help teach some of the others that, you know, might not to be too, might not be too sure about their cooking skills. Mm. Um, and so that's been really cool. Like within our chapter, like you get, it's a, it's a really great kind of just like, you know, little community where you just learn from one another. And that's something that I personally really love about um, the youth food movement in terms of like, a, you know, this lovely little, um, yeah, community uh, where we can learn from one another, which is really cool. Awesome. So do you do much work in schools where you go into schools and give presentations or is it more just university sort of aged um, people who are your target? Yeah. So the, like, the yes. Target demographic of YFM is 18 to, I think they say 35. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the young adult um, target that they're reaching to. Um, so we don't do too much stuff in like um, schools, but more so like universities is like kind of prime thing. So our chapter is more university-based chapter out of the Western Sydney Uni. And I think that's the same with Launceston. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, um, I know a little while back we kind of, YFM National kind of looked at our, you know, volunteers and people within YFM. I think the average age is around like late twenties. Okay. So very much, yeah, young adults. Yeah. Okay. And do you think there's potential to like expand into schools? Um, I think there's there's you know scope for that. Um, I know that like our chapter, we recently did like a catering thing um, for the New South Wales Agriculture Teachers Conference. They had a couple of days spent at the Western Sydney University campus where we're based mm-hmm. um, and we had some staff members approach us to be like we'd love for you guys to do like a one mile dinner because that was an event we had done before kind of like a one mile dinner thing for the conference for the teachers so you can showcase local produce and then talk about like what YFM does and so is that like um, a dinner where all the food is sustained from within a one mile radius of the uh, location yeah. of the event that's yeah. clever yeah. Well, that's, that's really the, smart that's yeah that's kind of like the base concept it's usually quite hard yeah. to be within that one mile. So we usually just make it local. So like for us, it was within like the Hawkesbury area. And yeah, most yeah. of it was like we sourced most of the, the fresh produce from two farmers um, that were, I think, at most maybe half an hour drive away. Oh, okay. So um, really good. So that was pretty cool. 
And we had through that um, some of the teachers come up, um, so high school teachers, and be like, this is amazing what you guys do. Um, one of them was a local high school teacher and was like, I'd really love for you guys to come talk to our students. Mm. So, and I think, yeah, there's definitely um, YFM could reach to particularly like those people in year 11 and 12, yes. especially, you know, thinking about like what they would like to do. Cause like agriculture, like I'm, I am kind of biased, but it's <laughs> a great, it's a really great industry to go into um, because, you know, we're helping produce food and everyone eats. So yeah. it's pretty important. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. You said that you've just finished uni, you're job hunting now, but do you have any other mm-hmm. plans in mind or future project to take either the work that you've currently been doing further or start something new? Um, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm, still, I'm still really kind of figuring out what I want to do, but definitely um, in the future, like I'd love to really work in that space where it's that food education thing um, and food waste actually has been something I've always been really passionate about. Um, and I'm really interested in ways, um, to work with farmers to kind of, um, prevent it or even just find ways to like, you know, value add to their products or find a different market stream for the second grade produce. And it's interesting because I recently had a conversation with someone who runs like this, um, uh, I guess you call it a harvest trail kind of, um, network of farmers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's the older farmers um, because, like, the average age of the Australian farmer is probably, I think the statistic was 62 or something. Wow. So old, yeah. Wow, okay. (laughs) It's it's an ageing workforce. Mm. Um, So they're very um, set in their ways, Um, but they're also, you know, a lot of them not on social media. So this was one case um, where it was this farmer up in – um, the Bilpin area, um, and he produces, he has like a, a stone fruit and I think an apple orchard. Um, and anyway, he had this just small little orchard of oranges and he would just let the, um, the fruit fall because it was right between the two seasons of the apple and the stone fruit. So he had all this work going on. He just couldn't be bothered. And because it'd be more, um, a pest kind of problem, if he left the fruit on the trees, he just let the fruit fall and just, he did, did nothing with it. Um, and this person I was talking to, um, actually went to the farm one time, just traveling around and the farmer was talking about it. He's like, Oh, I'll just take a box home. You know, I could feed it to my family. And he's like, yeah, whatever, take it. And he said it was like the best oranges he had ever tasted. Mm. Like they were sweet as, and they were amazing. And he's like, you know, why didn't you let me know? Like I could have organized to do like a pick your own day. Cause he, you know, it's just an orchard of oranges. There's yeah. plenty there, but the farmer just, it just didn't see that. Um, possibility mm. and was like I don't know how I would have done that and it's like no we could have done that yeah yes. we could have put something out on social media and a lot of farmers they just don't see those opportunities because they're very much you know like this is what the market wants or yeah. you know and because it is still very like emerging these kind of alternative markets for you know the the wonky produce or the things that might not look as nice because mm. um, that's that's what he did say about the oranges that they're quite like weather beaten but they just tasted great yeah so it's it's kind of helping those farmers in particular, the older farmers to kind of realize those potentials and even just work with them to perhaps, you know, set up perhaps social media sites or set up different, like um, pick your own days Mm. for the produce um, or whether it's, you know, different value added products. But yeah, that would be something um, I'd be really keen to do. Um, But I don't know. I just 
whatever opportunity arises yeah. and, right. and yeah. if I can utilize my skills for, you know, helping to reduce food waste or helping consumers connect with their food, like, mm. yeah, for the yeah. sake. <laughs> yeah. So going back to, I guess, the overall question of food security, how are we going mm-hmm. to feed 9 billion people by 2050? So I'm from a very science molecular background and I've been looking into agricultural production, but from a very scientific perspective. So like I've been in labs, yeah. you know, working, like modifying plants, GMO, synthetic biology, things like that. Mm-hmm. So where do you think the, do you think we need to go straight into synthetic biology or genetic engineering to increase food production? Or do you think there's still quite a lot that we can do with the current food species that we have now to increase production? Yeah, I think, I think there's like so many different angles um, and to which to approach this question and different ways to look at it because like, you know, on one hand, as we've been talking about like food waste, you start there for instance, mm. if, you know, they say we, we waste a third of the food we produce. Mm. So if we just, you know, stopped wasting it, we'd have so much more food. You, can, you yeah. know, you can feed billions of people with that. But the reality is, like, it's not just food waste, there's food loss and then it's issues of access and all these other things that play into it. So it gets complicated. And, again, with, like, um, you know, using the species we already have, well, you know, a lot of our genetic pools for, like, our um, species are fairly small, Mm -hmm. you know, especially the industrialised species. Like, I think it's, like, um, well, I know for bananas, for instance, like, most of our bananas grown around the world are literally like um, the same plant, like because yeah, bananas yeah. don't um, crossbreed anymore; they're just it's just clones of one another. Mm. So um, our genetic diversity there is kind of limited. So then you look towards like heritage varieties and kind yeah. of preserving those and utilizing those, which or even like indigenous crops and things like that, especially in Australia, which is still really being discovered. Mm. Um, but it takes a long time you know, to um, to take something from the wild to then be agriculturally productive and, you know, be able to farm it at a scale that's, you know, substantial enough to feed people mm. on a large scale. Um, so you've got that issue of time and then, you know, the nutrient factor as well because um, nutrients are so important, of course, in our food. Yeah, we want to yeah. be eating nutritious food. But then that requires that we have nutritious soil. So then like having the really, you know, genetically great crops is all well and good. But if our soil isn't, you know, rich in nutrients then it's not going to make too much of an impact. So I don't know. There's like, there's just so many different things that play into the, um, the conversation of like, how are we going to feed people in the future? Mm -hmm. And I really think that's the reality of it. There's no like, um, one golden bullet or whatever. Yeah. To solving it. It's really going to be a little bit of this, a bit of that, and there's multiple issues that we're going to have to be working on right throughout the food chain mm. to be able to continue to sustain, um, you know, well, for one thing, our consumption levels. And I think really it's that's what it all comes down to. It's all those little parts of the food chain and everyone kind of working together and being like, okay, guys, like we can't keep going the way we're going, which yeah. is the fact, like – we can't keep consuming the way we are or producing the way we yeah. are producing. Yeah. We need to, you know, yeah, we have this future scenario of we're going to have so many more people to feed, but environmentally we're not going to be that 
Whenever as in a good situation. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So we got to kind of weigh it all up, look at all the different parts of the food chain and be like, okay, the way we put, you know, produce things is going to have to change. The way we consume things has got to change. And all those little bits in between, like everyone's going to really, you know, pull up their socks and work on it together. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the first step in that direction is just educating and educating yeah. oh, everybody yeah. about the food system and the food chain and yeah. how food gets from the farm to your plate. Because unless everybody's aware of all the steps in between, then it's going to be really difficult to break it down and solve each individual step to make it yeah. um, maximally productive. Yeah, and I think as well because people just don't realise like the impact of their food choices mm. or, you know, because food today is just so convenient. People just don't think about it much at all. Food yeah. is just for pleasure. It's just so, I, you know, I can eat something that tastes good or I can, you know, be able to buy something that looks nice, you know, Instagram worthy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's yeah, it's very much, yeah, it starts with that education thing of just getting people to sit and think about, okay, how does, you know, this food get to my plate? Who grew it? How was it grown? Mm. And what happens to it if I don't eat it? Like, you know, could someone think about all the people that could have been eating that meal or the, you know, the, that whole food waste bit as well. Like, yeah, mm. education, it's always education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so if people want to learn more about where their food comes from, are there any resources that you can point them to? or like good websites or information or organizations that we should get involved in? Um, yeah, okay. So I think like a great way to start would even just be like, um, you know, perhaps go to a farmer's market or something like mm. that um, and actually like meet, maybe meet a farmer for the first time and mm. just, you know, talk to them about, um, how they produce their, you know, spinach or whatever it is they've got on the table there and just be like, um, yeah, just chat to them about it. If you can, um, go out and visit their farm. Um, but yeah, farmer's markets. And there's so many now that are popping up here, there, all over the place. Yeah, they're, they're a becoming great place. quite like trendy now. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're really great to just kind of start and even just get an idea of like what things are in season, you know, yeah. during that time of year and the things that grow, um, around near you because that will kind of reflect yeah your area well I just wanted to end by uh, reading a quote which you actually wrote I stole it off one of your articles oh yeah <laughs> um, it was the ideas of young people are just as valid as those of seasoned professionals which was from your article on the uh, University of Western Sydney group and oh, I yes, think that's yeah. yeah I think that's really important because as young people even though we're still at uni or just finished uni we still have quite an impact in the world and the work that you've been doing and the work that your group's been doing has really shown that. That was Megan talking about YFM and her role in educating the Australian public on food waste and sustainability. If you'd like to support the work that Megan does or just get some more information, then make sure to head over to the Youth Food Movement website. All the links will be in the show notes. I would also really appreciate it if you could please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes as it helps other people find the show and therefore helps spread the message about the great work that people like Megan are doing. You can also subscribe to my email list and follow me on all the usual social media platforms. Again, all links will be in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening to Hashtag Selfie and make sure to tune in next time as we travel to Canada to talk with Amy who is working to break the stigma around mental health.